Hey guys, my name is Michelle. I'm Doreen. And I'm Kelly. And we're the team behind The Weekly Dosage. Hey guys, welcome back to our 10th episode of The Weekly Dosage. Woo-woo! Okay, this is, sounds weird, but this has actually been a, quite a long hiatus for us. Uh, I've been releasing episodes um, kind of away from everybody else, just editing them. We had them bulked up from the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. but So this has been quite a long hiatus for us. We just took about a month of hiatus. So this is our yeah. first time back. Yeah. All three of us together recording <laughs> episodes. So I know you guys missed us. <laughs> so we just want to say welcome back and thank you for listening again to our 10th episode. Okay, so I'll start again with the weekly news. And our today's topic is actually a little scary. It's called... Has COVID come back already? Like, is COVID don't resurfacing? Even, don't, even, don't even mention that. We already went through, what, three years of that? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's time for humanity to have a break. Oh, oh hiatus from that. <laughs> okay, but um, it's actually pretty, it's not that serious, so you don't have much to worry about. But it is, like, you know, it's coming pretty quickly, as we've seen in 2020. You know, everyone was like, eh, it's not that big of a problem, and then it was a big problem, you know. And, you know, that's kind of the thing that's going on now. And the new thing is called, um, the variant is called BA.2.86. And it's been showing signs in the U.S. and kind of all over the world in countries like Switzerland, Canada, Israel, Denmark, you know, things like that. And the variant first showed signs in Denmark last month, carrying 35 mutations. So that's pretty high. Uh huh. Yep. (laughs) And a school in the U.S. actually went online, like all online, because because COVID like hit them that that huge. Do you know where this school was? No, I don't. Okay, probably Alabama. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) But you know that is scary because. I really don't want us to go online again, you guys. I, that's just really... My social reputation is finally back up again after that <laughs> online. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going back there. Nope. I remember um, last year, we, were, we started out this... Or two years ago, we started out the school year mm-hmm. like, in classes. And then where we lived, like, there was a two-week period mm-hmm. where COVID resurfaced again. Yeah. And we had to go back online. And it was absolutely terrifying it brought back like ptsd for me mm-hmm. i just 2020 i just i just can't have that anymore but bno bno news reported that over 15,000 americans were hospitalized with covid19 last week which was an increase of 18 percent last week and while the disease is spreading quickly the symptoms aren't as serious as those who have taken to those who have taken vaccines boosters and or have already had covid19 in the past so mm-hmm. if you've kind of already taken this like you know these things you don't really have to like fear as much i mean maybe you could get covid but there's just not a very high chance of you getting one so um in short if you weren't already vaccinated for whatever reason i highly recommend you go do that Mm. Um, however seniors or those who haven't been vaccinated pregnant women and those who suffer serious illnesses have a high chance of not only getting the new variant but suffering serious symptoms more information is needed to kind of like and understand this, um, you know, not exactly new situation, but, you know, so while more information is being released, please stay safe through sanitation, you know, social distancing, mm-hmm. and getting vaccinated. You know, we wish this was all behind us, but it's not. So the only way we can face this is by applying what we learned from 2020 to this new variant. 
Thank you for listening. I will now transition it to the meat of the podcast. Okay, so I'm going to be moving into my portion. So to start off today, I assume everyone is familiar with the Guinness Book of World Records, correct? Yes. I remember, fun fact, I used to read those religiously <laughs> back in fifth grade when it, when the librarian was like, oh, choose something. I would grab one of those and read like the pictures because I was mm-hmm. so like, I was yeah. such a bad person. Yeah, they're very interesting. Very. But are you guys familiar with Robert McDonald? Do you guys have any idea who he is? <laughs> Wait, isn't he the guy that... I think he might have been that inspiration for that one song. <laughs> okay, moving on. You guys are so immature. Moving on. Robert holds the Guinness title as spending the longest time period awake. And this this title, this um, record is kind of what I'm going to be talking about today because the effects on Robert and so many other people's health that this record has caused is very, very dangerous. And that's what I'm kind of going to be going into today. So starting off, Robert went 453 hours and 40 minutes or 18 days, 21 hours, 40 minutes without sleeping in 1986. 400? I'm not even going to do the math, but that's a lot of days. (laughs) It's, It's 18. Yeah, that's 18 days. I I have trouble staying awake for like one whole day. I can't even... I have straight um, st- troubles. Oh my goodness. I have trouble staying awake for even in a class period, so... Yeah, it's... I don't even know. What was he doing? Like, staying... Okay, I'll get into okay, this, okay. but I just wanted to start off with that. So he currently holds the title as the longest person to stay awake. But as you can probably imagine, this proved to be absolutely terrible for his health. Really? Yeah. And in fact, the dangerous medical side effects actually forced Guinness to stop recording this particular record to prevent people from doing something this bad to themselves because of what happened to Robert and other people that tried it. No, because actually, I actually remember like reading about this case one time and how they, because I remember, because it was done in the 80s, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it was a whole scandal because at the time, like no one really knew about like the effects of sleep deprivation to that extent. And Guinness was like in big trouble and they had to like cancel anything that had, like Mm -hmm. they canceled any, any record that would be detrimental to somebody's health. And a lot of records, you know, can be dangerous for somebody's, like, short-term or, like, physical health. What's interesting about this is you might not, like, Robert didn't show very many side effects, like, short-term. But in the long run, it was absolutely terrible for him. So I'm going to start with the history of kind of how this record started. So it started in 1950, actually. When the world records and Guinness started to get a lot more media attention and stunts like this were being pulled a lot more than, you know, they are now. So the first person to ever be awarded this title was actually a radio DJ back then who started it as a competition with another rival DJ to see who could stay up the longest. That was pretty... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now as the record states... During the, for, during the first 140-hour mark, both men felt tired but fine. You know, they weren't, um, like, acting, much, like, different than normal. They were just kind of really sleepy, as one can expect. So they were obviously sleep-deprived, but nothing appeared to be wrong with their brains or their psychology just yet. But after this period, 
things kind of took a turn for the worst for these two DJs. So their emotions became highly erratic, their perception slowed, and then they began to suffer hallucinations and delusions, as you know, you guys probably expected this tiredness mm-hmm. does to a person. So as time went on, things got worse than this. So the men actually began questioning their own identity. They were kind of forgetting who they were. Like, I know that kind of doesn't really make a lot of sense, but they're forgetting, like, who, like their personality. They're forgetting who they wow. were. They claimed to see scurrying mice and kittens. So, again, with these hallucinations, they also became very paranoid. And, in fact, one of the DJs actually accused doctors that were trying to monitor, monitor him of trying to poison him. And he actually also thought that they were conspiring to imprison him even though they're just trying to moderate him for the world record. Okay, you know what this reminds me of? Have you guys seen that one uh, movie on Netflix called Awake? Or I don't know if it's called. I think think um, it's like the one that... No, it's not. Oh, it, it's 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 an American film. I don't think it got a lot of popularity because it, it's like doesn't have the best acting in the world. Mm-hmm. But it's about like this like um uh, it's about like a like a zombie apocalypse. But except that it was like a mutant like gene that caused everyone to not be able to sleep. Yeah. And then everyone was awake in all of L. A. And it was like they taught and like after like a week or so of not mm-hmm. sleeping, like they experienced that exact same thing. Like all the actor or not the actors, but all the characters in the movie were all like, <gasps> like oh my gosh, like you're not my mom, like. You know, like they didn't know who they were or people around them who they were. Yeah. So these two men were basically losing their minds over this challenge slowly. And doctors eventually stopped testing this particular man's health because he became so, so uncooperative and because of these, this paranoia. So the doctor and the doctors even labeled his mental state as nocturnal psychosis. And this is a term that will be used um, in the later years of this. Question. Um, what was my, okay, okay. Uh, at this point, are they, like, telling them to, like, go to sleep? And if so, are they actually, like, wanting to go to sleep? Or are they just, like, continuing with this? Um, I think, I don't know if, actually, if I were a doctor in this scenario, you're like, obviously... I would advise sleeping. I wouldn't even advise trying to break this record. But as a doctor that's been assigned to like monitor their health and whatever, at this point, you know, things are starting to get very scary. And even the doctor's lives are being put at risk at this point because he's becoming so um, irrational. And so, yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know. And I don't think they really had any desire to sleep. Well, obviously they were very tired and their brains were like, you know, brain kind of forces you to want to go to sleep at this point. But um, I read also in this article that one of the men was also taking um, Ritalin during his time. And that also could have affected his behavior and his paranoia and hallucinations. But both men did experience these things. So it's not directly tied, but the Ritalin also could have had an effect on his health during this record. So... Interestingly, doctors noted that one of the DJ's hallucinations ran on roughly a 90-minute cycle, just like REM sleep. And REM oh my sleep, gosh. yeah. They, so they conducted that his brain was performing kind of like a waking version of REM sleep as a way to cope with sleep deprivation, which is, you know, it was never seen before this. It was never recorded. Something like this mm-hmm. wasn't even known to be like possible. 
So after 201 hours or eight days and nine hours awake, the first DJ slept for over 13 hours after this. And the majority of this was spent in REM sleep, which surprisingly enough actually ended up being the longest REM episodes ever recorded at the time. So he kind of broke two records, I guess, on his own. But this sparked a new study about sleep deprivation, obviously, and its long-term effects because many of the guy's friends and families later said that after the record was set, their personalities were like forever changed. Like they just weren't the same person that they were before the record was started, which is actually very sad and actually very interesting. So the next big time that this record was attempted was in the 1960s by a high schooler named Randy Gardner. And he was aware of kind of what happened with these DJs, but Gardner believed that he was, quote unquote, able to not go insane. He was built different. That's kind of what he was saying, yeah. Wait, so this is take the second time the record was was being challenged was in the 60s. When was the DJ battle? In the 1950s. Well, so this wasn't the like the second time it was attempted. Obviously, there were like tries before then, and but this is like the I'm only going over like the cases that were like got the most media attention. Right. So Gardner believed that he, based on his mental willpower, could not go in, <laughs> could not go insane. And I think this is really funny because I I mean. Sure, anybody can say, yeah, I'm not going to go insane or I'm not going to get tired, you know, but, you know, willpower isn't enough against the power of your brain at this point. No, he, he really went like, trust me, like I got this, like, like light work, no light work. No <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> moving on. Without any stimulants like Ritalin, he didn't use any of that, okay. except for Coca-Cola, loud music, and cold showers. These are the things that he used to stay awake. Gardner man- managed to break the record after staying awake for 264 hours or 11 days. And this I'm, this is real bad. <laughs> this is really, really bad. Because throughout this time, he was, of course, monitored and he was monitored closely and was reported to actually have not gone insane. So I think maybe his willpower, he thinks that his willpower like paid off in the end because he could, st- during his time awake, he was still able to perform like normal tasks, like he could walk, he could read, you know. But however, by one of his doctors, it was noted that Gardner's analytical abilities perception, motivation, memory, and motor controls were all affected to varying degrees. So, and Gardner was also observed observed to experience mild hallucinations as well as an extremely short attention span. So even though he technically was still like able to function day to day, he couldn't really, like his brain was kind of shutting off at this point. Like it was becoming slower. It was just, it was shutting off. So Gardner later stated that um, starting, or his doctor stated that starting maybe day four or five, things just kept going downhill. He said it was crazy that he couldn't even remember things about his family and himself, again, losing his identity. And his doctor also noted that it's sort of like an Alzheimer's kind of symptom that he was experiencing. He was forgetting his memories. He was forgetting things that have happened. And it, his mind was just 
going dead because of sleep deprivation. So after his stunt, he didn't really have any noticeable effects. Like I said, he didn't really have any short-term consequences of this. But later in life, Gardner developed severe insomnia that he referred to as karma's payback. And he experienced this um, years later. And But he didn't really at the time contribute to his stunt. However, many doctors and researchers say that this is his, like, k- kind of karma's payback because he was not able to fall asleep mm-hmm. at, like, at all. Like, he was just awake for, like, a year. Like, he would only sleep maybe an hour at a time, not able to go to sleep. So, in a way, that could have been, like, a Guinness World Record because he didn't, like, fall asleep technically, right? Or... Well, he wasn't awake, like, it just took him a while to fall asleep. And he would sleep for very short time periods, and it was just very bad. It led to the downfall of his health. You know, he was, you know, extremely tired all the time, and his body, you know, obviously took a toll because of that. So now we're going to talk about um, Robert McDonald. So in 1986, he was the last person ever awarded the title in California. So during his time awake, he stated that he also had a hard time remembering things and he also recorded to lose the ability to keep food down. So he lost a lot of weight. Like as soon as he ate something, his body would just reject it and it would come back up. So now the dangers of this record are not the only thing that, you know, stopped Guinness from doing it. But in the 60s, scientists discovered something called microsleeping. And this is when the brain enters a sleep-like state for only a brief time. And it kind of makes it hard to monitor because the eyes can be open. You know, the body could be moving, but the brain kind of shuts off and goes into the sleep state, which, you know, the Guinness World Records kind of considered cheating, if you will, because they're technically their brain was asleep. So another reason um, it's no longer monitored is due to the existence of people who suffer from fatal familia insomnia, an extremely rare genetic disorder. So victims initially initially experience victims. Yeah, because it, it's really, really bad. They experience trouble sleeping, and over time, this evolves into total insomnia, causing speech problems, hallucinations, dementia, and eventually death. So they become unable to sleep like completely unable to sleep and eventually it just kills them because they can't their brain won't shut off until they die yeah so yeah victims wait so these people are like because you said it was familial so this is like the children of people that it's it i don't i don't know (laughs) that's just what that's just what it's called okay so Actually, an example of this is in the 1900s, a man in Spain reported to just stop having the desire to sleep. Like, his brain... My bad, bro. Like, like just didn't want to sleep. Wait, wait. Be back. Um, who is he again? Like, what did he... Is he, like... Did he try to skin his world record or what? Um, no, I don't believe it was recorded, but he, this was just, like, based on testimony from himself. He was, like, it wasn't monitored by oh, okay. the Guinness World Records or doctors or anything like that. But he claims to just have stopped having the desire to sleep. Like, his brain just didn't want to. And that seems absolutely crazy to me, so I don't really know. But the moral of this story is to listen to your parents when they tell you to go to sleep because you need it, your brain needs it, your body needs it. 
Yeah, and it's not just, you know, not sleeping for, like, as long as they did. Like, just not even not even just like having or getting enough sleep like that's still bad overall because it builds up over time Mm -hmm. and like there's so many books out there so many like scientific research that i found out that you know you not sleeping this amount like per day and then waking up so early and doing all this work it puts like a huge toll on your health on your mindset on your physical health as well like getting sleep it's very important also, can I just say, like, as somebody who tends to not get as much sleep as I probably should have, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, familiar with the term sleep debt, but it's a term that basically means that after someone has, let's say, is going on a sleep schedule that's like six hours a day, that's going to put your body into something called sleep debt, which means that your body needs to recuperate the hours that it's missed, and it's going to make you continuously tired until you get those hours of sleep. I mean, you know, sleeping is a time that your body regenerates. It's a time that it digests food. It's a time that your brain is still active in a, in a, in a moment that it's not, it's not physically doing something, but it's still like background working active. It's like having apps in the background of your phone working, but it's not active right now. So it's, a, it's really important to have that rest for your brain and for your body. So... Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the end of my portion, and I will be passing it on to Michelle. All right, so now for my section, I this it's kind of weird. It kind of piggybacks off of Kelly's section, but it's basically all about preserving your brain and preserving your mental function up until because right now what we what we do right now as teens, as young adults, as even adults can help to make sure that our brains don't decay as we as we grow old because a lot of people do find that the things that you've done when you're younger as kelly has said you know that sleep hold sleep thing experiment it does pay back when you're older although it's not that severe in most cases a lot of people do end up you know people that are alcoholics when they're young adults or adults does end up biting them back in the tail when they go karma when they're older but what i'm saying is uh it's important to start protecting your body young so that when you get old it doesn't you know you just help your body out. So this, oh my goodness, this section specifically will be on how to protect your brain health. Um, so I mean, just a lot of good things to help your brain. First I have on my list is physical activity. So I mean, physical activity is not only important for your like muscular health and physical health, I suppose, quote unquote, but also for your brain health because it keeps your brain in coordination with your muscles. And then next I have to eat healthy. I mean, because eating healthy, this is just a given, right? You are what you eat. So whatever you eat will be feeding your brain. If you're eating potato chips and you're eating greasy food, if you're eating foods that have high saturated fat and, you know, trans fat to it, then that's going to be something that your brain is also going to intake. And it's not going to be good for it because it's not what your brain needs your brain needs you know it needs fish it needs mediterranean diet type stuff that's all the good stuff that's going to help feed your brain don't smoke please don't smoke don't vape don't don't do it it's just it's not it's going to end up severing brain connections and once a brain connection is severed it's never going to be connected again brain cells live like this they are created with the moment that you are born and you were born with a certain amount and then as soon as one dies it is gone forever and you are lo- you have lost one brain cell less so basically when people say that you know <laughs> my last brain cell yeah it might be your last brain cell <laughs> like <laughs> if you're a smoker <laughs> if you're a smoker it might be your last brain cell so protect your last brain cell please <laughs> also drink less alcohol same thing as above it although it's not as um detrimental as smoking i'm not saying don't drink nothing because actually there's been a lot of studies saying that drinking some alcohol helps with liver health but just making sure you're not like becoming an alcoholic please <laughs> anywho last um next but not least 
mentally and socially activity always make sure you're being mentally and socially active don't be on tiktok or social media for long extended periods of time because that is a brain killer your brain listen you guys Mm -hmm. listen 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 yeah i am a victim i am a victim of social media you're not a victim (laughs) oh please i am a victim of social media And as someone who's been victimized by the American Technology Corporation. As we post TikToks about this podcast. <laughs> also, on that note, please check out our TikTok. We're the, at the Weekly Dose. We have three followers, but please. Okay, anywho. Um, just, okay, just keep making sure you keep yourself mentally and socially active. Take harder classes if you're still in some kind of college or school situation. Making sure you're hanging out with friends. Making sure that you're doing crossword puzzles to spend time. Make sure, making sure you're not, like, doing something that's not, like, that's, that's going to be detrimental to your health in the future, right? Anywho, this is a really interesting one. Next up is drinking coffee actually helps with brain performance. Obviously not to the point where you're going to, like, caffeine overdose because that has happened before. But making sure you drink... a a subtle amount per day will actually help with brain performance and when michelle says drinking coffee that doesn't mean having a sugar right dump in your coffee drinking coffee is not the same as having a frappuccino every day i'm just gonna be honest also let's say here let's uh, this is my little input on this kind of kind of coffee listen if you're gonna drink coffee you want to drink coffee with maybe a little bit of sugar you don't want sugar with a little bit of coffee exactly so Mm -hmm. when i say drink some coffee black coffee is the best i mean i don't like black coffee but i love my black coffee with a little bit of sugar in it but it's coffee with a little bit of sugar not sugar with a little bit of coffee anywho continuing on speaking a second language actually helps a lot me me too it helps a lot with brain focus okay whatever (laughs) and it just it's really helpful to have your brain in kind of two hemispheres you have your one language and then the other language and it's constantly like it's just so beautiful and it's also good to also learn another instrument as well yep that's that's that is so important that is actually on my list (laughs) that is actually the next one on my list my next um my next item is actually listening to music making music both of these kind of things is like a brain workout making music is obviously better than listening to music but if you're not musically talented like i get that like it's okay like even just listening to music gives your brain a whole workout because it's having to deal with so many different um hemispheres and areas of the brain it's like a little mini brain workout but like don't listen to like stuff that's like gonna like kill your ears either please like make sure you're listening at a safe volume and our last item on this list is to lessen your stress lessening your stress helps you with your physical appearance and also your brain performance and your brain health i mean the less stress your brain is the less things the less i suppose analogy wise less apps it has running in the background the less things has to worry about the more focused it can be on a certain task or another task at a time and it doesn't have to worry about all these other different things going on in your life and i I know it's difficult especially for me as well it's difficult for me to balance stress in my life i have a lot of stressors in my life but just finding a way to like alleviate maybe some of those whether i mean there's we have some other really great or really good um episodes talking about how to alleviate stress and um trauma Mm -hmm. so you know Make sure you go give a listen to those if you're interested. So that was our um, tips and tricks section. Anywho, we just want to say... We just want to say again, you know, thank you for listening as always. And please check out our TikTok. Um, We're not desperate, but like we would really appreciate it. (laughs) I mean, we're not desperate, but like, you know. A little desperate, you know. Okay. Bye, you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. That's all for now. Stay tuned and remember... Take those vitamins, drink that water, touch that grass, and most importantly, don't forget your your weekly weekly dosage. dosage.